Y'all know what the fuck going down. You are now tuning in to episode 118 of Not Politically Correct. Siggy 8. Siggy 8. <laughs> 1 Siggy 18. Looking at <laughs> It's your boy, Real McCoy, aka Mr. What It Do, aka Young Splash Job. <clears throat> what? <laughs> Steve Jobs. One Splash Young Job? Steve. What the fuck kind of porn is this, dude? <laughs> Let me try this again. <laughs> It's your boy Rimo Koi, aka Mr. What Did You, aka Splash God, aka Smooth Job Johnny, Reach aka Randy, <laughs> Doped Up Danny, aka Man, I be I've been so much shit over the years, and I really got to go back. Jungle Jerk Carlos, uh, <laughs> stick it up the stand. Uh, Hip Hop Harry, uh, fucking FBI Mike, uh, all that blowing Bobby, all that shit. Man, I'm getting so old that I'm like forgetting my fucking name. That is. Lord help me. <clears throat> Next week he's going government. <laughs> right, exactly. Right. Dequarius. My tax ID number is <laughs> <laughs> Social Security. Um, but no matter what I am, I'm always Hallway Jones because I was your bitch ringtone. And you can find me. I'm actually uh only on at this point Snapchat Fans. and oh. Twitter. <laughs> I actually de- I actually, for those of you who might be wondering, I actually deactivated my Facebook. So I am on, yeah, I'm on two places now. So it's been yeah, like the. I noticed. Yeah. Because the comments been disappearing from my uh, memories. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, that's a long story. We maybe get into that later. But um, you can find me on Twitter at KPZ, And you can find me on Snapchat every once in a while at uh, Rebel. Cody. Is concerned. Dude, don't be. It's, it's, it's actually great. I like well, it. Well, I don't. I don't care so much as as long as you're still involved in the group chat. Yeah, well, you you still been talking to me all week, right? I don't know. Uh, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know when you stopped with the Facebook thing. <laughs> Cody, where'd he go? No, that's he's dead. Should we record? Better do. Banjo Bobby. <laughs> Mandolin Manny. Mandolin Manny. Loot Larry. <laughs> These are all very interesting names. <laughs> Something Eric. <laughs> Eric. 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 Russ. Please save me. <laughs> Russ the barman, aka Smooth Fingers, aka K Universal, aka School Wars Q, aka the Progenitor, aka uh, Teddy Russ, aka Russ the Bus. Mount Rushmore. <laughs> and you can find me on the chatties of snaps as meh and meh <laughs> no john bitch <laughs> and on ig at candy community Wait, s-a-n-d-i-d underscore c-u-p-i-d-i-g-y i pull up snapchat right now did you to meh and meh no it's x-rated um and uh, <laughs> ECKZ Sagittarius. <laughs> oh man, his Mercury. ECKZ All right. His Mercury's in retrograde. Um. So, just so you guys know, we have a Facebook group. Trogenigrade. We have a Facebook group. It is called. Well, we used to, but we quite deactivated it. <laughs> it's been peaceful, though. It's been peaceful, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> they have a Facebook group. On the flip side. Uh, there's a face- there is a Facebook group attached to Not Politically Correct. It's called Not Politically Correct Podcast. You can join that and stay up uh, uh, abreast with all the fodder and things that we got going on, the shenanigans. <laughs> um, um <laughs> we have a page you can like, NPC Podcast. You can get on there. 
took that you little can with a size. <laughs> <laughs> and then we are on Twitter at not PC Podcast. You can get on there and you know follow us a little bit more as well. And we are on SoundCloud, the podcast app, Spotify, Spreaker, uh, Google Play, anything that you listen to shit on except Title because they're racist. You can find us there. You just type in "not politically correct." Jay Z's not racist. He can because he's black. Yeah, head ass. Um, but type us in. You can listen to us. You can like us. You can play us. You can leave us a message about how good or how bad we are. But we won't listen. I promise you. But you can do it because you people love to have a voice. But because Nike. Now it's time for Nike s- says you can do it. <laughs> Sports. So the Dolphins quarterback. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> was uh was it Hawaiian or something? Mr. Hawaiian, that's his name. He was cleared. No, I'm just kidding. To uh to go to be, you know what I'm talking about? He was yeah, cleared. Man. All right. <laughs> so he was cleared for concussion protocol. Y'all that don't know, he got a nasty hit on him a few weeks ago. Stood up, fell right back down, and. They told him, like his team told him that he could still play. And like, dude, if you, you know, like when they stand up and fall right back down, like that's mad concussion right there. Right. right. That's barely a lot. Next, next week they played him like the, so, um, right now they're saying that, um, he was cleared, but he will be inactive tomorrow, um, against the Vikings, but he's expected to return for week seven versus the Steelers. Now, I just yeah. that, that worries me. How, what, what was his? Uh, yeah. What was his? Um, or what was the Dolphins' record? Or so far, what is their record? Do we know? I'll look it up right now. Right, you can. You know how to cut this. It out. went platinum. It went. <laughs> it went platinum. Oh God! For the nine, nine, and the two thousand. <laughs> uh, they're three and two right now. Three and two, and I wonder. And I and I wonder, wonder who. I wonder. And I wonder if you know what it means to find something. I really wonder uh, how him not being there affected their record. Like, I wonder were they doing good before him or were they doing bad? Or did his leaving cause him to be, you know, lose a few games or what? But I'm just curious. But, you know, I could honestly, like, I could just care less about a lot of this stuff that people think of. Like, no offense, yeah. I, I understand your question. And I'm not saying you're wrong for asking that. Like, I agree too. But it's just like the way that they like think. Well, we should still try to play him because we want to get wins. Like, dude, you're putting someone's life and career, like, sorry, career and life on the line. Right. You know, yeah. for sure, for sure. No, I get that. Like, there's people that are retiring after one year because of concussion protocol stuff. Like, yeah, for sure. And now we just saw that I shared uh, on Facebook. There's that video of. Antonio Brown before his concussion hit, you know, and he seemed pretty unkanye esque, pretty normal, you know. Here we go. He said unkanye esque. <laughs> I love that. So that's the new word for crazy. <clears throat> this bitch Kanye, Kanye West. Yeah. What is going on? Oh, from zero to Kanye. <laughs> right, real quick. Oh man. From yeah. zero to inmate. <laughs> Speak. Hey, that's a good transition. Devontae Adams. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. So they lost a game, and he got frustrated, and he pushed a cameraman, video guy. Um, he made a, a public announcement, apology thing. I hope this guy sees this. I, I was a because of frustration. 
Although he's also said like the guy was in the way and stuff like that. I'm like, okay, so there's an excuse there, you know, but right. It's not like Devontae Adams was like running and couldn't stop or anything. He was walking, but um, yeah, the guy that got pushed uh, filed a uh, a police report and Devontae Adams has a misdemeanor against him now. And I'm just like, man, dude, like anybody that goes to the Raiders, like (laughs) Jesus Christ, man. See, Come on, Devontae. When you was over here, you weren't getting into that. Exactly. And you was winning. It's got to be cocaine. Right. It's <laughs> the Vegas and it's just cocaine. Or Hennessy. <laughs> One of them. Nice. Or both. Hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> you, say, you know what? Yeah. <laughs> Man. Yeah. That's crazy. Dude, I, yeah, I, there's I, actually so this meme where it says, the Raiders, and it says, oh, we got Devontae, we're going to be a team to take serious this year, and it's the Raiders logo with the mask being pulled off, and behind it is the crying Jordan meme. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> they, uh, they had um one meme where it was showing, uh, it was like Devontae Adams, I, I can't remember which team, and then Devontae Adams with the Raiders, and the one the other team was Ice Cube Fishing, and the other one was Ice Cube and NWA. Uh, she was funny. <laughs> God. Wow. <laughs> Switched up. Man, quick. My, my, how the tables have turned or the I, turns of tables. That's, that's Russ, what you're coming through with these transitions today. I wasn't even going to, I forgot to touch on this, but now it's a good point. So, um, <laughs> I wonder if I took a screenshot or not. I had my coffee today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he doesn't even, did you store my phone? <laughs> Cybersecurity on what? <laughs> well, there's a, Got a mic and don't know how to act. <laughs> what kind of new microphone is this? <laughs> um, I, this morning I was on Instagram and uh, if, y'all, if you guys don't know, um, what's his name? Primetime. Deion Sanders. Um, he is a head coach for, uh, is it Jackson State University, I think? Um, and this reporter who is black sat down and interviewed him. He was like, next to him side by side and he said you know i am sitting here with uh deon sanders and coach so can you tell me how your week's going so far and what it and deon's like don't just talk to me and he's like well, um okay um so how is your week going with the and he's like can you stop that's not how you're talking to me last week you know be you like don't switch it up and like deon was getting a little frustrated like after the third time he took the microphone out of dude's hand and he's like giving him examples stuff like that and it's like wow, like I, I sent that to you this morning, Russ. I don't know if you saw it yet, but Deion Sanders. I remember. Probably yeah. Didn't see it yet. Yeah, yeah. So we, I remember one episode a while back, back when, yeah, yonder when TS was on, we were talking about <laughs> like switching up voices and stuff like that, even for like workplace or whatnot, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Right. 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 But I don't know if you guys wanted to give a your take or thoughts on that well is was the is the the reporter he was talking to is, is he black yeah that's what i was saying okay so he was co-switching okay um mm-hmm. i you know what's I crazy mean, go ahead go ahead Russ. no you go go ahead uh, i was gonna say i mean i kind of see the the reasoning behind both I, of course Dion, like you know just just talk to me normal but right. at the same time, gee, this is my job. This is how I'm supposed right. to talk for this job. Like, <laughs> come mm-hmm. on, man. Well, and that's what some of the comments were saying, too, is don't let someone tell you how to do your job or like that. And I'm like, right. yeah, I, I get both sides, honestly. Yeah. yeah. Right. It's, it's like, I could see if, I mean, I could see if he was being disrespectful. Like, if all of a sudden his voice changed up, right, <clears throat> and he's being, like, disrespectful or he's being condescending, that's one thing. 
But if he just talking mm-hmm. to you, you know, for lack of, and I hate to even say like this, right? Exactly. If he just talk, <laughs> if he just talking to you a little bit more, you know, formal for the sake of his job, bro, you can't fault him for that. Like, right. and this is not something. It's not something where it's like we're in a a retail store or some shit. He's like, you know, this is a recorded, you know, thing. So it's like. You can't really be mad at him for you know trying to do his best at his job. You know what I'm saying? Like, but you know, you know, he Dion said like, or the guy said, uh, the reporter said he's trying to be professional, and Dion said, so your real self is not professional. And the reporter's like, well, it is, but you know, I'm like, you know, ooh, it's really getting on yeah. the hot seat there. Yikes, man, Dion Sanders, come on, what? I feel it. Like no, I, I think Dion's making some good points. Huh? Yes, he he is, he is, and I and I think well, this is this is gonna be one of them conversations, I guess. Um, I think good, good, good. you, Cody, make a very valid so you make a very valid point in the sense of we shouldn't have to, we shouldn't have to right. code switch, we shouldn't have to code switch, and I say again, we shouldn't have to code switch. I think it's subconsciously something that a lot of us do at expect more so in the workplace than any other any other spot because you just I guess I don't know it's kind of embedded in us that Ebonics and like it's 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 a time and place for everything um if you go to church and the way you speak at church is you the priest what it with you where you, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying what's up motherfucker you don't say that in church you know what I'm saying right like right. even though that may be your true self like there's certain there's certain etiquette for certain places right okay and he was just using the etiquette for his job like on the one hand, Dion, I get what you're saying. You know what I'm saying? I should be able to be myself in my job. But if my job tells me I have to wear a certain uniform and speak a certain way, if I don't want to be in that job, then I'll find another job that caters to who I want to be. Also but true. I got this job, so I have to acclimate myself to the atmosphere of the job. That's very yeah. true. That's very true. It's, oh, man. It's... I, just, I just put it in the group chat. I don't know if you guys want to look quick and I can edit out or not. Or just sure. keep talking. Okay. Um, oh, I've seen this. Yeah, I know exactly which one this is. Okay. Yeah, I ain't seen this. I ain't seen this one. Dion himself has, has been guilty of code switching at times, too. Um, what? In certain interviews. Yeah. like it, it. But he probably doesn't see it as code switching. But he does change his demeanor a bit when he's in uh, certain interviews in certain places. So I'm like... Um, I'm not saying you're completely wrong. Maybe half front. No, I'm just kidding. But I just <laughs> never... Seen like yeah. Dion's one of those people that's always himself, you know. It's I mean, a, he came into slight... this league as primetime gold chain, you know. Yeah, when he when he got older, it was a slight change. You know what I'm saying? Right. You, you know, like when he went became like an analyst kind of thing, or when he became an analyst, when he was showing up on a lot more like looking back type interviews, there you can see there's a slight change in how he speaks to people. Right. And even yeah, he himself even said there was a lot of changes that went that he went through because he had to. um Stop being prime time and be Dion and learn who Dion was. Right. I, I, I think I get what you're saying. Yeah. And it's and it's some of it. Um, and I hate to be that guy because I don't like you know you guys know me. I don't like growing up. Be that but girl. Some of it. Shut <laughs> <laughs> your ass. <laughs> it took me a second for that to click. I'm like, wait, I'll be a what? No. That's what um, she said. Lord Jesus. Um. It just. She said that too. Uh, <laughs> I'm not gonna. So listen here, um, the it's it's crazy because m- maturity brings a little bit, like a little bit of clarity. I think at times, and I'm never one to mm-hmm. be like the older you get, the more you need to be more 
Yeah, I'm I'm actually yep, mm-hmm, girl. I'm really anti that, but there is some level of maturity. You learn, like he said, he learned who Dion was. You learn yourself, and you learn. I think the older you get, you learn how to mix most of yourself with the rest of the world. I think it's it's a good skill to have in in knowing yourself and being able to find that middle ground where you're yourself uh, as close to 100 percent of the time as you can be. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like, like you said, having a certain job, you need to be acclimated to that atmosphere and and, into that culture. And, but Mm -hmm. I also, I get Dion's want for us to be good at our jobs and just make us a part of the norm, you know, make us a part Mm -hmm. of, Mm -hmm. you know, the greater, you know, professional atmosphere. And so it's, it's a, it's a lot of layers to this, um, but one thing I don't like, and I feel like onions, this, onions have layers. <laughs> I don't like oh, how <laughs> a lot of people or, or black people we will ridicule um, each other yeah. for trying to code switch or being, you know, just trying to put up our best foot forward in these certain fields and shit. Once a person do that, it's like, oh, you being fake, you being this, you being that. It's like, no, I'm just trying to be as professional, as, as good as at my profession as possible. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. what's going to happen is if there's more of us in a room, then the conversation can be or sound more like us. But if right. it's only one of us in the room, <clears throat> even talking in a room of people that don't look or look or think like us, they're not going to understand you feel like that. you're representing like your whole race. It's not, and it's not even. Right. It's not even. It's not even like feel like I'm representing. It's it's that a, a motherfucker that's not like me might not even understand the lingo or the shit. So if the if it's only one or two of us in the room, we can't make that the atmosphere or the culture because it's it's gonna be misunderstood anyways. But if we work hard enough to get enough of us in the room where we have enough black billionaires and black uh, uh, sports team owners and shit, once it's six, seven, ten of us in the room of, you know, 30 people as opposed to one or two, then our shit would be integrated more successfully in the culture of business and, and, and wealth. And, and you know what? The, so. That's the sad thing, too, is I was just thinking recently that I'm like the whole, like, Colin Kaepernick taking the police brutality, this and that, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I, I'm not saying it's police brutality on blacks isn't happening or happening as often because right. you know the news cannot definitely hide that you know right. what's going on. Right, for sure. But it's definitely like I haven't heard a lot of it as I did mm-hmm. maybe two three years ago or even older when it was like almost daily. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but it it's also... that same. Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. It was the same premise of like it's even though we're not hearing that or hearing about it as much it's still a big factor if it's to the business realm, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, And also because he had that platform of being in the NFL at that time, so it was a big story because of everyone who felt they were affected. Because yep. um, he is still campaigning. He's still doing um, yeah. the things that he said he was doing, but because he doesn't have that platform anymore, um, it's not as readily controversial or it's not as, as readily um, uh, press-worthy. And so that's that's kind of why you don't see much of his doings anymore, even though the, those issues still, like you said, are prevalent and are still um, something we see pretty much uh, 
on a close to day to day basis, um, it's it's the campaign isn't being um, televised like it was because right. of that platform shift. Right. And in my brain, I was just comparing that to like, you know, if how McCoy was explaining it, it's like, well, I guess that's a clear sign of around at least America that. Black people aren't seen as equals if they have to. Yeah. What do you guys you know, talk white? You know. Oh, yeah, or, cold switch. Cold switch. But the thing is, like you know, it's it's not a talk white thing. It's just like I have the slang I use with my friends who I'm comfortable with, and then I have honestly, it's a barrier to the people who I work with because I have want to speak this way so that you don't. Um, look down on my intelligence or right. think I'm less than right. because I don't speak the same way that you do, even though uh, I basically have uh, uh, dual languages in my head for dealing with whoever I want to deal with. So it kind of makes me seem much more intelligent, but nobody sees it that way because it, uh, this is the language you should be using. Type right. of you know what I mean? Yep, yep. And yeah. I think that's a, um, that's a, a big thing for me is like, I, you know, y'all know me, and I'm kind of like, I don't like rules and shit like that. Barely. You're not even on Facebook. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it, one, of, one of my biggest things, um, when I worked, me and Cody worked at a job together. He knows the job. But when we worked there, one of the FedEx. things. FedEx. Right. <laughs> <laughs> don't be mad. UPS is hard. Um, <laughs> one thing is, at that job, <clears throat> I got to be one thing I liked about working at that job and that made me happy is that even though I was like an informal leader or whatever the case, I got to, I would walk around that building. I would play my music in my headphones all day. It'd be loud. People would come by, like the president would come by and they'd be like, you know, what you, what you playing? The president? Uh, the, 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 what is her, I, I forgot her name, but that the, the VP lady would come down my aisle and I would have my headphones and I'd be listening to like Wayne and look like webby and like just real ghetto shit and you could hear it through the headphones <clears throat> and they would all be like her and karen or <clears throat> her and our supervisor they would all be in they would all be cough loud <laughs> um cover up a fart <laughs> <laughs> they would all be really in tune with like you know Interested in like what I was listening to and how I was acting, and I could, and I loved that job because I felt like while I wasn't there being like on the G every like to my to the you know my bosses and shit, I was really there talking like nor like how you would sometimes hear me talk on this podcast like like this type shit. I like, can attest for the most part that is very true. There are sometimes like shortly after I got hired, you got a new role, and you know you're yeah. still like wearing what you would wear, or sometimes you would wear. Yeah, to your stuff, but I would have to. Yeah. You would be more notebook and professional. Like, okay, so I want to, you know, blah, blah blah. But right, I, you I, know, it was like for two minutes, and then he'd be like, "All right, exactly." <laughs> no. He knows Cody was there. He could have. It's like I had to because I had to have meetings with like some of the top healthcare, you know, companies and things like that, and I had to lead the meeting without. So I'd have to wear, you know, on certain days I'd have to wear like or like a a tie or like a collared shirt, you know, just little shit like that with a hoodie over <laughs> right, it. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but. But I love that job because, and I always say this, no matter what, my boss, and our supervisor promoted me because of the my, the work I did, and I was able right. to be around in that building. I would walk around, talking to other departments, yucking it up, laughing loud, how I do now, 
with yes, other departments yes. do it was it was just a great experience for me because it showed me I could be this dreaded up black guy who loved hip hop, got tattoos on my hand and walk and would walk around in my jeans and a t shirt and my work as that one special friend. Right. <laughs> and I would and and my work spoke for itself. So that was that was my best experience at um a workplace in terms of just like really coming into myself and being like no matter what my work is going to speak I'm going to show my intelligence through how well I do my work and how you know and and it was proven in the numbers and when I the meetings that I was holding I was like okay man this ain't an interview God, man, uh, <laughs> what I'm saying is in conclusion fuck talking white bitch no nah. <laughs> um no nah, just I'm all jokes okay what I'm saying is in, in conclusion it's 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 you do have those moments where you have to transition or, or be different to, to, to work, to make the job work for you. But there are moments because of where we are in history and where we're going that you can be yourself um, if given the opportunity and you stand on that, I think, too. So, mm-hmm. man, uh, damn, sorry. I went down memory lane. You can maybe even cut some of that out. My bad. <laughs> no, that's good. Keep it all in. That's what she said. No, that's what she said. I... Oh, damn. You got me. You beat me to it. <laughs> also, that's what she said. I love when we... There was there was a lot of good great core memories over there. Yeah, I know, man. Yeah, yeah. Agua. Right. Um. <laughs> Dude, I thought about that yesterday. No cap. No as cap. I, no as, cap. I, as I just said on the group chat in the past week, how needy I am, and how you had to tell me, like, "Dude, go back to your desk. You're gonna get us in trouble." <laughs> Don't you work today? <laughs> yeah. <What>? And. <laughs> So what you listening to? <laughs> Dog, good times, man. Good fucking time. Where do you want to go for lunch? I just clocked in. <laughs> Dude, it's seven thirty. Yeah, it's it's seven. That's how I beat her. It's at my job. Like, yo, where y'all eating for lunch? She's like, I just got here. I know, but you niggas disappeared, and I'd be like, what the fuck? We got a plan ahead. Hate that, motherfuckers. You, it's it's crazy because you would want to eat lunch with somebody, and you will look up and they'll be gone, and you like, no, they didn't. Go to cousins without Dude. even telling me. How dare you, bitch? Right. <laughs> there was a point because it was in our department. It was McCoy, me, and one other dude, and then the rest were girls. So after a while, shout out Chris. We had to be like, yo, let's get closer. And like, he's actually a cool guy. And then we just started to like try to plan out lunches with him to, oh, to make yeah. him not like feel left out. So like, oh, yeah, <laughs> like we're just like bouncing without. <laughs> Poor um, guys stuck with Cynthia. <laughs> speaking, speaking of Chris. Speaking of Chris. Um. I don't want to. Yesterday, I don't want to. Oh, I don't want to put too much of his business out there. I'm not going to say his last name or anything like that, but I believe he just became a, or yep. becoming a police officer. So yesterday was oh, okay. his last day at his exactly. civilian job. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I'm okay. really proud of him. So, That's what's up. Shout out Chris because they showed him. He he had a Snapchat story where his said, yep. uh, his coworkers gave him like a little medal that said Milwaukee Police Department. Yeah, yeah, and I like him. Oh, he's cool. He's a he's a black man, and I and and Chris is. <laughs> Um, again, we won't. I won't give too much of his information or his name or like that. But he's just always been a very cool and down to earth guy. And I feel like we need in law enforcement, we need those people. You know what I mean? We need those those mm-hmm. good guys with that suit on because it's gonna hopefully you know right. make things better um, in the long run. So man, shout out to that to that man for that job and 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 just and he, when I, yeah. when I was at the store um, that he worked at. I was going to try not to get things away, but anyway, I was chopping up with him and, uh, yeah, he said that he just wanted to make sure like, you know, do the right thing and make sure that the wrong cops are 
forget what's going to him and stuff like that. I'm like, Ooh, that's yes. you're exactly what we need then. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Chris, bro. We fuck with you, man. Shout out Chris, man. And, oh, and man. definitely don't do that shit alone, man. Make sure you got a team with yeah. you because Yeah. You know, yeah, for sure. I told him to be safe. Greed and corruption, G. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Shout out Chris Weber. All right. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> what else? What else? Yeah, I mean, that's that's a lot of sports stuff. We've barely even covered sports. We started talking about personal life and jobs and stuff. So, uh, oh wait, wait, I got a good transition. Hold up. Do I? In my memory. Let's see. What phone. About, what about your family, though? My family? Yeah. La familia. What about them? The 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 recent deal and change. Like, he was bragging to us on on the messenger, and I'm like, that's a a dope thing to brag about. British football, guy? British, British football guy. British football guy. Well, Australian. Oh, that. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So yeah, I'm trying to fight. Do I, do I got Siri? <laughs> Is that me? Yeah, that's you. Well, she was sick, and for like a week, week and a half, and like uh-huh. yesterday, my throat just started coming. So I'm like just downpouring vitamin C, and I'm trying to fight it. So I'm like <laughs> coming in waves. And my brain's a little out there. Anywho, yeah. So my my cousin, oh. shout out Jonah something or other because you know we want to keep <laughs> privacy and so I'm just kidding. Um, he's a celebrity. He's a celebrity. Brother. <laughs> right. So he went to Lindenwood College. Okay. Um, I think that's in Missouri for and he played rugby there. Um, and he was getting a lot of prospects, uh, scouts looking at him stuff like that. He really wanted to get drafted by the Utah. Warriors. Um, okay. He ended up. They they were really looking into him too, and but San Diego Legion picked him up before them. Um, and he, I don't know if he ever started. It might have been like once or twice, you know. But he was mainly not literally playing much. But they were still like working him up with diet, nutrition, working out stuff like that. Okay. Um, so that was last year was his first year. Um, now over this off season, he got traded to the Utah warriors mm. um, to, for like three guys. I'm like, you're that good. Now he is tall. Um, <laughs> but um, they said, you know, finish your workout up over the summer and with San Diego, and then we'll take you. Um, and I think he's going to be starting or mostly starting something like that. But in the meantime, he's in Uruguay right now playing for the USA team. That's so what's up. That's, that's what's up. I just, that's like, it. dreams come true, fruition. Like, I'm proud of him because he really works his butt off. Yeah, yeah. That's really cool, man. And shout out Cuz. And then I went to... Go ahead. I was just going to say shout out shout out to Cuz because if you're Cody's cousin, you're my cousin because me and Cody are brothers. That's how this works. And I'm hoping <laughs> that we can get uh, Cuz on the show sooner or later, so... If you're listening, you know, you're because listening. of peer pressure, I'm sure that'll happen. Wonderful. <laughs> I love I love peer pressure. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love peer pressure. Okay. <laughs> Kid Cuddy enlisted Tony Hawk for skateboarding lessons. Mm. Okay. The end. Mm. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> like, the way you said it. Right, I, like, I was like, what's happening now? <laughs> and he died. <laughs> He did a half a backflip, and you can't do half a backflip, man. Yeah, land on your neck. <laughs> That's a backflip. No more. I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's a backflub. Um, back so, <clears throat> speaking of dying, you know when you die, what leaves your body? 
seven pounds. Albums. Also seven known pounds. as your soul. So, Will Smith. What? <laughs> Will Smith. Um, one of our favorite Midwest MCs and Vice Lord gang members. <laughs> Gary Indiana's Freddie Gibbs is back about two and a half years after his Grammy-nominated collab album, Alfredo, with The Alchemist, with a new solo album, Soul, sold separately. His fifth studio Is this album. Is it with Alchemist? Um, that was his last album. It was a collab album. Oh, okay. This is his new solo album, Soul, Sold Separately. It's his half backflip, half not listening. Got it. It's got you. I got you. It's the NyQuil. Um, his fifth solo <laughs> album, but his first on a major label since signing with Warner, I believe, in 2020. Um, the question is, as always, how is this album? Okay. Cody, I'm going to go with you first. Did you listen to the album? And if so, what did you think? I did uh, up until... I think the last or second to last trick I stopped because um, work was over and <laughs> and then uh, then they said like there's a bonus track so I didn't listen to that either. Um, that's it seemed very I don't know if repetitive is the right word but a lot of the songs and beats stuff like that did seem and not like it's a lot of stuff that we hear like it's all one song kind of thing but very okay. similar okay same feel at least I got you I got you okay. Um, at least that first, so there's some some tracks in there. The beats sounded like old Kanye. Mm. I'm like, oh, this is interesting. But a lot of the beats in there did not sound like it was meant for Freddie Gibbs. Like, ah, okay. I feel like it, but you know, it didn't match up for me. You know, got you. Okay, okay. Um, we're gonna talk about that, by the way. But... And then there's one, one track where I'm like, it's trying to sound like Rick Ross. What is this? And then I look and. Uh, <laughs> It says featuring Rick Ross. I'm like, oh, okay. And it really wasn't like he did, Rick Ross didn't even start yet. <laughs> he like came up a little after that. I'm like, how did I know? That was like during the off season. Siri was like, uh, this sounds like a 21 Savage track. And then he's 21 Savage is on there. <laughs> Vegetableition. Fruition. No. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. It's not really for me. He's not my kind of cup okay. of coffee. Okay. But, I got you. you know. Uh, Scale from one to ten. Hey, pick a number, one from ten. Three, three out of ten. Okay. For Mr. Frederick. Damn. Better off three. Oh, <laughs> Mr. Frederick. Okay, okay. Um, Russell, were you able to uh, slip in a few songs? Pause. Okay, so I really like this CD. Um, <laughs> I didn't get a chance to like delve into it like I wanted to. But it felt like really nostalgic for me, like the beat selection and how he was rapping. Uh, I definitely, I think I listened to like all the way through, didn't really stop and just let it play. Yeah. From my first experience with it, I give it a solid eight, honestly. Um, The vibe felt like maybe Bun B meets Buster Rhymes or like a more hood version of Buster Rhymes, like if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I get no, I get I get exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. I get but yeah, I I dug the CD, man. Um I'm probably gonna listen to it again. Uh but yeah, I listened all the way through. It was it was uh it was pretty dope to me. So Okay. Solid eight. Okay, three from Cody and eight from Russ. This these are some interesting thoughts. Average of five. What? <laughs> <laughs> um I'm going to uh let's let's well let's start here. Um, the things I liked about this album, I think one of the dopest things about this album is something that I didn't even realize until the second or third listen. 
which I have absolutely no idea how in the fuck, and I have these words capitalized, I fucking missed that. What I love is the concept. It's a concept album, and I had no idea until the second or third listen, bro. What? This album takes place in Triple S Hotel in Las Vegas. Not a real hotel, by the way. Um, I had to look mm-hmm. that up. Uh, <laughs> Freddie has apparently called people there to hang out with him, help him record his album, but no one can seem to find him. As they call the hotel, looking for him with no luck in various skits, we usually get moved to him snorting something and moving on to the next song, signifying he's avoiding everyone in a drugged stupor to get it finished. He has people from all fields calling, from Kevin Durant to Joe Rogan, even his mother in the end is calling mm-hmm. in. While there are multiple ending record skits, calls, situations that all pointed to this, my mind didn't put this together until I laughed, okay? At the Jeff Ross skit, Mm-hmm. I laughed at the Jeff Roski. This is about my third listen. I laughed at it so hard. And I was like, why the fuck is this man on this album? And when I said, literally, I said, I said, why does he have this nigga on this album in my head as I'm driving, Instacarting? And then something popped right then when I said, why is he on this album? And all of it started flooding back. And I'm like, oh my God, this is a concept. People are calling because they can't find him. And he's snoring coke in the court. And, and everything started, bro, that changed that changed everything on this album. I'm going to tell you now, I was going to rate this album lower and t- we'll, we'll get to that at the end, but it was the concept, me, it, the way it clicked and the way I was like, oh my God, this is fucking brilliant. I was like, I just got super happy and now I've listened, that was on my third listen. I've now listened to this album a good 10 times because I'm after, the, after the third listen, I was like, okay, let me go back and, 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 and boom. And then I started paying attention to every skit and to what the hotel voices were saying in between the skits. And I was like, holy shit, this man, Freddie Gibbs, did one. Okay, okay. And y'all know how I feel about concept albums. It, uh, when it, when It's a feat to keep a theme and a concept together for a whole album journey. And it is amazingly done for this album. Um, so if you, and a, a lot of the, my, my records and stuff, albums I listen to in between, like Instacarting and moving. And so I'll be listening to like two songs and I have to, turn the car off, go in the store, you know, for like 30, 40 minutes and then come back out, get back into it for another like 10, 15 minutes on a ride. And then, you know, it's like I'm in and out of my car. So I'm not, it, it didn't really stick until um, one day I had a longer, uh, a longer delivery and I was in the car for a solid 25 minutes or so. And the album's only like 40 minutes. So I was in, I was in the car for like half the album and I was like, holy shit. Okay. This is starting to make sense. So I love that. That that's like one of my favorite thing about this album is the concept and where he took it. Um, the second thing <clears throat> is the dark themes. Since this album is a concept album, the idea of a consistent like theme being carried throughout makes sense. But after further listening to to it, there is really a dark theme at play. Gibbs, as an MC, is often talking about street stories, but here. He seems to be talking about something specific, more along the lines of losing a close friend over the songs <clears throat> and doing more drugs to avoid talking about it. As I said before, you hear him snorting a drug in between the records, but you also hear him speaking on it in songs like Zipper Bag, where he raps on the bridge. He says, thugging and fucking on bitches because that's what I feel like. If I don't have me some dope or some drink, I don't feel right. I'm going to pull up in that Lambo because that's what I feel like. If I don't have me some dope or some drink, I don't feel right. And then on the second bridge, he basically takes it and re- reworks it. He says, yeah, I'm about to shoot up your party because that's what I feel like. If I don't have me some dope, if I don't pull up and drop me an op, I don't feel right. 
ever since I lost the homies, a nigga can't feel life. If I don't have me some dope or some drink, I don't feel right. In this song, he's basically speaking on being depressed when I, without substances. And he keeps speaking on this and loss from death or loss of a loved one and friendship from street politics in more songs. Like the song Dark Hearted, where he keeps us in that dark mindset when he says, when he rhymes, man, this game got me dark hearted, smoking smoke and drink like an alcoholic don't get me started <clears throat> smoke and drink like an alcoholic don't get me started i thought we was gonna thug it out to the end but i guess that shit was, just wasn't in the plans i pray this chopper never jam like he's really talking and then one of the songs he speaks on he would pretty much shoot himself if he, if he didn't get high like we never lose sight that no matter what something is wrong with gibbs here and i think that that plays into the soul soul separately concept because this song this whole album the title i had to do more research after i figured out it was a concept album this whole album comes from the end of another cd i believe it's bandana his bandana cd um with, with the last song on there he talks about yeah, he kept saying something about like something like a drug rabbit two or something yeah, yeah well right. so so the rabbit thing <laughs> for those of you who don't know um it's connected Matrix. to to the Vice Lord, he's a he's a Vice Lord, okay. And the Vice Lord gang, one of their like image imageries is like the Playboy Rabbit. And over the years, that's grown. People will make it more thugged out. They will make it a rabbit in a pimp suit with a cane and shit. So people who don't know about that particular gang won't really catch the the rabbit shit. But if you are familiar with like Midwest gangs and you know Vice Lords and GDs and shit, that's one of um, the Vice Lords imagery is rabbit so he keeps he often uses that rabbit not only on this album but in his imagery on his merch on his you know fucking uh twitter page like a lot of the images you see when associated with freddie gibbs is a rabbit and then even his twitter name i believe his social media name is big rabbit because of that play on the vice lord game um but it's just a unit with this album man. did you just say dick rabbit what uh i said did you say Big rabbit, B-I-G. Big, as in large. Big. Yeah. <laughs> November 7th is my next hearing test. <laughs> oh, man. Dick Rabbit. That's gonna definitely going to title. Uh, not, I don't know. Actually, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, <laughs> I don't know about that. Anywho. Um, That's one of your AKAs. <laughs> Richard Rabbit. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Richard Rabbit. Not Roger. <laughs> Richard Rabbit. Richard. Roger. <laughs> Richard Rabbit has been concussed looking at us. Um, so. Siggy 18. Siggy 18. Oh, man. Um, so we never lose sight of, of Gibbs being depressed. And I just love that with this theme, he carries the concept and that theme of like, yeah, I'm fucked up. Something is wrong with me. Like, he's like, it's like a cry for help. And it's just, it's just a really intense album. And I love that we get all those pieces there and they never stop. Um, the third thing, man, and it's and it's funny that you guys mentioned the beats um sounding the same and then also like being nostalgic. The production on this album is amazing. And that's the last thing I love about the well about it. Not the only last thing, but that's just one of the, the last main things I wanted to mention is because this album has multiple producers. In fact, Everything Justice League. It, it, yep, Justice League is on one of the yep. tracks. It has them all because multiple producers. Yep, every single track is produced by Phoenix a different Sherman. Yep, <laughs> Sherman Phoenix, whichever it is. Every single track 
is produced by a different producer. There are only two producers who are cre- credited on helping him on more than one track, and they are uh, Jahan Sweet and Seven Thomas. Both helped on Gold Rings, and then each are listed um, on one other track, a piece with other producers. So they each did help on Gold Rings, and then each of them were on another track by themselves with another, with another producer. While this is not a new feat, this is not something that's new in rap, I just think that the way he's able to convey that same message and keep the dark theme laced into the sounds is amazing. Not to mention, they all have this like luxurious and fancy, yet grimy hip-hop sound to them. It, it, it just sound, it gives me, like we're in a casino, but it also gives me like, uh, like the, 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 the lavishness of the casino movie, you know what I'm saying? It's like it's grimy, it's grimy shit happening, not obviously, but motherfuckers is like in minks and fucking, you know what I'm saying? Like uh, crazy good suits. It just it feels like it felt like that. It that's what mm-hmm. listen to this album like gave me on a, like a mental note, and it's just it was crazy. Um, and he has the because there's so many different producers here. He has a mix of sounds. So he has classic collaborators in here like Alchemist, Jake One, and Mad Lib. And so you get that boom, bap, grimy shit. But you also have like some eclectic bangers, man. I'm talking about bangers um, from Anderson Pac. Um, what is that? Feel No Pain, I believe it is. Um, with him and, and Raekwon both rapping, uh, giving us just heat verses. And then you got James Blake on it. James Blake produced one of the tracks. And I forgot how you pronounce his name. Uh... Katronada, um, who's like a more of a dance. He, he's a hip hop producer, but he definitely kind of dabbles in electric music and you know shit like that. It's just a great mix, mix of music on here, um, and they don't sound like they were made necessarily for Freddie Gibbs. They sound different, like really, really different records. But that's the magic here is that they sound just enough grimy that Freddie Gibbs gets on here and he can just take the track and make it his own. It's like a good. It's like one of those things where you, the producers knew who this track, like what they were doing here. You're going to, I'm going to give you my, my touch of a fancy, but I'm going to put that Freddie Gibbs kind of slant on it. And now you get this boom bap grime, uh, eclectic, all these like just swishes of sounds. Just, I love it, man. I love it. Overall, this album is great. Per usual, the big rabbit (laughs) was rapping his ass off and giving all true hip-hop heads flows and bars okay the entire thing is a great look and i would venture to say even a slight improvement overall from his last album and even that album was nominated for a grammy the only thing i that i kind of don't like about this album the one thing um is that some of the songs individually are not strong uh like Mm -hmm. some of some of the songs are perfect because of where they fit in the course of the album the sounds that contrast um even transit the couple of tracks transition from beat to beat like uh i forgot what the song is before um space rabbit but the way that it transitions into space rabbit is basically the space rabbit drums come in and then when space rabbit comes on the rest of the track stops and it's just drums and him snorting cocaine again it's fucking just great this is great how that happens um but by themselves some of them seem a tad bit out of place um, it's definitely not every song and I don't think it makes the album bad at all. It just doesn't make it perfect. But, but again, it's, it's some of them, if you play them, if you just go like skip to like one track, uh, it's like, I don't know. And, but some of them by themselves, like 
too much with uh, Moneybag Yo, which I didn't even expect that collaboration. Uh, or the one he has with Offset, Pain and Strife. Both of those, you go straight to them by themselves. Those are bangers. You go straight to Space Rabbit by itself, banger. You know, so, and then there are certain ones you go to by themselves. Like, oh, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Um, another thing that that kind of that kind of threw me off on this album was some of these tracks were like dope, but they were like really the same, like twenty-four to thirty bars just repeated, like. Um, Zipper bag was pretty much the same, the, the same track, except for that. Oh, the East I know, like that little part in between, in between the looking and feel like that was, that was a little part where it was something different, and it was like basically a big ass chorus, a big ass bridge, a big ass refrain, and then uh, the little like eight bars or shit, four to eight bars in the middle of that, and then you said that's the same chord, like it was just. Um, Chorus or refrain and and then a verse and then the chorus and the refrain or whatever, you know all that shit again. It was the same shit, uh, sandwich sandwiching something small that happened on a couple tracks. I'm like, damn, did you just say the same shit? Was not just hearing this 30 seconds ago. Um, doesn't it doesn't make the song bad? It just makes them sound like interludes, which is why they're good records, but they don't stand well by themselves. If that makes any sense, I don't know if that if you guys yeah. get what I'm saying. Yeah. But yeah, I got you. Wonderful. Um. So, all in all, though, I give this album a nine. Um, it's it's just good hip hop. I give it a nine for good hip hop. Why you always high? <laughs> I wish. I fucking wish. I give it a nine for good hip hop, for concept, and overall sonics, man. Once again, he dropped another great body of work. And Hedgehog. <laughs> oh, that he has a, he has a visual for. Oh my god, I can't even remember the, remember the shit right now. One of those. I still didn't even watch the visual series, whatever from that uh, uh, Denzel Curry unlocked album. Oh man, uh, he I'm, he has a, a couple of music videos. He has Space Rabbit has a, a video which is a intense. It's like a Vegas uh, escape video, um, and then he has one for I think Dark Hearted, um, but and I haven't played it. But it's like a video game like. Um, what's that old racing game they used to have? I think it's like Cruising USA or some shit. It looks like one of those. But it, you, mm, okay. man, he he got some visuals for this joint, man. I think this is this one is just a solid ass album, man. Um, but once again, he dropped a great body of work, which makes me wonder if we need to really start putting him in the conversation at the very least for t- for like top five most. Russell Presley. No, listen, listen, listen to what I'm gonna say to you. For top five most most consistent catalogs in rap. You know what I'm saying? Like up there with maybe like currency, if you guys know who I'm talking about, or even yeah. if you want to take it a step further, and I'm okay with somebody saying this, Outcast. Because to me, Outcast, to me, Outcast has the most consistent and perfect catalog of any rap thing ever. People be like Jay Z, whatever. Listen to me. There are bad albums in Jay Z's, Nas, Eminem's. Uh, even you could venture and say Buster got maybe some some off shit. But Outkast don't have, even if you don't like the album, you can't say it's bad rap, bad music. You just say it's not my cup of tea, but it's not, it's not bad. It's still one of, it's still a consistently good album. And I think that's what Freddie Gibbs gives people. It took me a while to really get into him, man. It took me 10 years and I'm mad because I had to go back and listen to other shit and listen to other tracks and shit. And I'm still going to be, I'm going to be going back for a while listening to shit. But I just think that this between this and Alfredo, just them two that I've really been tapped in with, 
and then the, the shit I've been going back and peeking at, just little singles here and shit, something tells me that he might be one of the ones that really has one of those like flawless cat catalogs to me. But I'm not saying he's the best rapper in the history of rap, but I'm saying that his catalog um, is just, I don't know, man. It, it's, it's looking like it might be a little bit untouchable for some of these people. Either way, with an album like this, it's easy to ignore this man's vices. And now, <laughs> it's time uh. for Russell Prosity. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> ooh, <laughs> jam. All right. Um, so check it. Um, one thing is, you can finally fucking hear me. Um, <laughs> Shouts. New mic on debt and shit. Um, <laughs> but uh, last pod, we got into a few things regarding dating relationships and the standards and requirements of the public. Mass generalization, of course, as well as we had a good discussion about our own thoughts regarding all of this. So I kind of wanted to continue a bit uh, regarding a few more things that popped up while I was doing the research and just looking through different videos and stuff. Um, so we kind of went into it, but uh, just to revisit, re revisit things, um, check this out. So I think we slightly touched on this, but we didn't really, really delve into it. And... Um, it was interesting, but do you know what is a joke to a lot of people, especially a lot of people with their so-called platforms and um, just being on their high horse and whatnot, is the struggles of Sorry, other people. One. Women's rights. <laughs> Yikes. Hey, I get it. That is too, but <laughs> the, the struggles of other people, like, um, especially in this, yeah. in this, uh, in this, like, chain of videos that I, I, I just kind of stumbled upon, um, especially against men. Um, sadly, one of the things that is not really highlighted and is looked over happens to be male suicide and what has been labeled as the rise of lonely men. There was this uh, whole article and a few videos that were kind of like um, going into this regarding this concept of men just needing to be better and to do better. Um, or to be men, which is a cop out in my uh, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not giving a shit about what people are going through or went through. No thought into their circumstance. Fuck their lack of resources. Go out and get it. Yeah. Get yeah. what? Like, what if they don't know what it is they need to get or how to get it? Um, the retort is usually <laughs> figure it out, fucker. Uh, be a man. Right. Sorry, I think that's. Go ahead. I I, I don't like the whole, you know, be the man. It's like, it's like right. do you expect, like, oh, manly man, hide your feelings and toughen it up and just do It's like, no, because how I describe a man is, like, being honest or mm -hmm. sticking to their word or chivalry yeah. or this. Well, uh, I mean, chivalry could be taken a lot of different ways. Right. But you know, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I, I got you. Um, and also just being able to navigate your emotions effectively. Um, that's not Rationally. something that's really taught. Yeah, not not really taught to men. It's something that most of us have to figure out on our own, usually after we've had a breakdown of some sort. Right. Um, and we kind of discovered Still those materials. On that. that's, uh, you're learning <laughs> stuff every day about like, oh, really? You know, right. <laughs> this yeah. is a flaw of mine. Yeah. Well, yeah. My right. Hell yeah. And it then... just seems to be a, a big full fuck you to 
men in general. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I can't. I definitely, I definitely feel it. I definitely feel that. Um, I that's you know it's crazy. I just um, man, I those types of things is like it's so hard. It's so hard to um, it's so hard to like as you're being a man and like learning that you need to be more open with yourself about your emotions and that you need to be uh, communicating well, especially when you're like in a relationship and shit like that. It's like, it's hard knowing that people, a lot of people just joke about, you know, just, you know, just be a man, you know, like Cody said, when you are coming into this like realization of like, damn, I might be fucked up here. This might be a flaw that I need to fix this. And you don't, I feel like I'm not, not that you don't want, I don't want recognition for, being a better human because we all should be working to be a better human, but I don't want it to be looked at as like it's easy or it's just something that, you know, just men just have to man up, you know, like I don't could because changing something that you find to be a real realize a real character, a flaw in your character could take time. You, not even just once you figure it out, you could oh, be a denial. It's a journey. Exactly. Finish. Exactly. Yeah. It's a continuous. Journey. I, I actually saw something today. Uh, have it here. It says, if you have a good man, Hold on to him. And when I say a good man, I don't mean a man who's perfect, but a man who tries. He's hardworking, will go above and beyond to make you happy. And I know about something about us is we yeah. struggle and we fail, but it doesn't mean that we're failures or losers because we're constantly trying, you know, right. always improving. Right. For sure. Right. For sure. For sure. And I think it's just a fail once you stop trying, once you stop exactly. making effort to continue to, to, to go, even Mr. if you Byron change direction, back. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Even if you change direction, I, I think it's still uh, a successful attempt because you haven't given up yet. Exactly. I was watching a, a Jordan Peterson video, and he's one of my favorite orators to listen to um, because of the knowledge and perspective he gives on a variety of subjects. Um, the interviewer asked him something regarding his standpoint uh, on the men he gives advice to, of course, using pejorative names and, and whatnot, just, just being a fucking asshole. And the man was literally... Cl- crying over the plight I of men who slimply do not know how to be men. You know what I mean? Wow. That was because of uh, something Olivia Wilde said about Jordan Peterson, right? It was a bunch of people. Um, cause, you know, she made a movie about kind of about him. Yeah, yeah. Kind of painted him as the villain and, and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but what, what caught me was that he, he wasn't crying over how people view him, not over the slander or the attempts to cancel him. Even in that moment, he was more concerned about the people he was trying to help than his own reputation. Exactly. He was in pain from the knowledge that a lot of men don't know how to be better versions of themselves or how to feel like complete people. Man. Um, new, or I think the second most recent Ryan Holiday book, Ego is the Enemy. Hmm. Well, I'm gonna need that. I'm There's need a. Joint. I have. The, I got a box collection of his books. I still gotta work on what I'm going on right now. But um, for sure, for sure. He's a. Uh, th- I think underlying this, at least in my perspective of what you're talking about, is ego a lot. Um, you know, uh, Siri and I are talking a lot to each other. We're we're starting these uh, notebook conversations where we both have notebooks. One of us talks, says, this is what's bothering me. This is what I don't like about what you do here, this and that, blah, blah, blah. The other person takes notes about, okay, they don't like this. They, I need to do this to be blah, blah, blah. They give no feedback. They don't give any excuses, no buts, no none. It's right down, and then it's their turn to talk. 
Um, and I think that's our point to take accountability. Right. And that's we're both being straight up with each other about like, I mean, she even said uh, last week, like, I didn't realize until now that this trait that I do is toxic. And, and I'm happy that, it, and I, I told her, like, it's such a turn on to me when she, you know, yep. is yep. accountable for her actions and this and that and blah, blah, blah. But it's, yeah, it's, it's a huge, it's tough. It can be tough because I think that goes back to our last pod episode where I'm like, tell me what where I'm failing, but be nice about it kind of thing. You yeah, know? talk to me nice. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But it's, it's a, uh, yeah, great breakthroughs. Man, that's, 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 um, Funny that you say that because uh, me and I have a notebook too. I have. I know. I'm no. I'm taking. I'm taking right now, Cody. I'm stealing that. So just go. Just get ready. I'm. I'm taking that whole. Dude, concept. I, I definitely encourage it. Um, but yeah, and you definitely see what kind of person you you're um, made it with because yep. I, I can tell you that's not an easy thing to do um, oh, in yeah. relationships and a lot of people um, like. They like to be the one talking from the notebook, but not the one taking the notes. Yeah, exactly. Right, That's right. why it's even tougher. And the point, the part that I love the most is that it's written down so I can go back to it. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, bro. Because is... there's the parts that I'll forget or that I need to remind myself about or brush right. up on, you know? Right. Well, I, I, if I could share a little bit of what, so uh, me and, I have, a, I have Alexa, right? <laughs> Alexis? Um, <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um. So me and Alexis, because uh, you couldn't afford a car. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we, have, like I told y'all last episode, we've been kind of just on a on a on a great just, I don't know, like on a connection, you know, just kind of relearning each other and all that shit. And this this past week, uh, we had a like a conversation that she had been wanting to have where we. Uh, dropped, you know, just we're just talking, just kind of just let, letting some feelings out and shit like that. And at the end of the conversation, because I can admit that one of my flaws has been being like I hold shit in, you know. I'm like because because as a man, we've been trained like I'm like I don't want to bother her with this if if it's not necessary, you know what I'm saying? But like if something is bothering right, me, right. then it festers that create resentment and vi- you know vice versa. Um, right, right. And she's always been very open, like. Which, which it's crazy because earlier on I was like, damn, she always saying something. <laughs> you, you, you kind of pushing back at it, but it's like, damn, at least she knows how she feels and you know what what she's standing on. It's just, it's like, if I was taking notes and not being defensive, then maybe it wouldn't felt like it needed to be an argument or some shit like that. So what I was like is, I want to have something we call like locking. Like if, if something's bothering us. Because she doesn't want to go to sleep, you know. None of us wants to want to go to sleep with our partner and not, you know, and be mad, you know, because you don't know how you're gonna wake up mm-hmm. in the morning, all that shit. So, and you guys know me, I'm a grudge holder, so I can be like, "Fuck that," you know what I mean? So, what I what I gave her is, I'm like, okay, well, we wanna wanna do something where we say, "Lock in." Like, if 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 something's bothering you, I want the the key word to say, "Okay, lock in." Lock in is we could either talk right now about it. Or we can talk before we go to bed, but this needs to be spoken on and resolved. We need to go through it to get over to the other side, whatever it is, whether it's good, bad, big, small. If you if it's hurting you or if it's affecting you, just say lock in. And then I'm like, OK, and I have to and I have to be receptive. We can't. And I, it, the, the, the point of that is to not get into this conversation and be defensive is to shut up and listen and right. hear this person. You know what I mean? And that is something that I'm kind of looking forward to, because I think it gives her. 
um, an opportunity to kind of get shit off her chest, but it gives me the opportunity as well to not only get shit off my chest, but to learn like, okay, well, if this is the issue, maybe this is why this is happening and this is why that might be happening on my end. You know, just so many different levels, but it's just <clears throat> getting to the point where you realize this type of communication, like what you said, Cody, with the notebook and things, is necessary. Is necessary, you know, and it should. And you think you've been in a relationship five, six, you know, whatever the case. You think like, oh, well, this makes sense. Why didn't we? You know, we should have been doing this two years ago, but we were different people two, three years ago. You know, it took it was an, it takes growth to get to the point where you'd be like, damn, I'm not communicating right, or I'm just like, you know, holding too much in, or I'm just like fucking shit up by not being real with both her and or myself. You know, so I love I love the notebook thing. I love the fact that we are both. No, knowing that the only way to survive this shit and do it right is through communication, man. That's glorious. Right. Mm -hmm. So and two and three together. Yep, exactly together. So this this video really vexed me because um, he was really crying over the fact that many men are killing themselves because they don't see a way forward and nobody seems to care. And what killed me the most about this was that the internet was laughing. They were laughing at him, mm. laughing and poking fun at him. Like, I really don't fucking get it, though. Like, having come from a place where I all, almost killed myself, literally, like, drowning my own shit mentally, not believing anybody would really give a fuck whether I was there or not, and now seeing people talk about, talk down, ridicule, and take advantage of people in similar mind spaces is fucking maddening to me. Like, it really hurts me to my core. Right. And then to see one of the people that I legit respect as a human being break down at the thought of people in general not being able to help themselves because they simply don't know how to or they think they have no model for which to model their life after uh, and, and to follow and, and seeing these people make fun of them and, and fun of him and, and wish ill on him like it gives me plenty energy and, and, and angst and, and shit that I don't I don't even know what to do with wow what, what is this what, I'm sorry who is this guy what is his name again Jordan Peterson Jordan Peterson. Is he an actor? He's been named... Or... No, he's like a psychologist, but he's... A professor, speaks, yeah. Okay. He has a, become also like a public speaker or has videos and writes books and okay. helps people, but, yeah. Got it. Okay. Damn. That is... That is disheartening, man. That is super disheartening. And even with the, the background knowledge of knowing that there's so many different success stories from people who have listened to him and changed their lives, begun changing their lives, bringing them back from the brink of death. It's, it, it's fucking insane, yo. Like there are so many programs and organizations to help women deal with stress, depression, suicide, et cetera, which I think is phenomenal. I am so grateful for these programs because they seem to be making a, a difference and giving women the solace, safety, and strengthening they need and deserve. Okay. Especially having the knowledge of how rough it can be for women. You know, I talk about the, of this stuff on the pod all, all the time. Just the, the people we know and interact with on a regular basis, we have no idea how deep um, the trauma may be for them because they don't wear it on their sleeves. They don't show it in their face. But it is a prevalent thing because a lot of people are just shitty. I was unfortunately hard-pressed to find a program geared towards men without it saying, be better, or the messages, you know... Um, be a man, toughen up. That's life. Go to the gym. You know that 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 shit is so ridiculous and such a a blatant cop out for the real issue 
of there needing to be a place that men can go to to feel like a complete person, not like teach you how to be a man type shit. You know what I mean? Right, exactly. Exactly. Man. And is and is everyone saying this? No, not at all. I don't want to, you know, give everybody that that uh, uh um um that that uh that thought. Um on both sides, it's not everyone, but it seems to be a prevalent view. It is being spread. It is fairly common, and it's a combined effort among the people spreading it. Mm. There's there's nothing wrong with hypergamy, um, and if you don't know what that means, that it means to to kind of date up basically to to have a set of standards of how you want to to date but it should be complemented with integrity um dating someone while having high standards is not a bad thing at all you should have standards in place that you value in your potential significant other that will provide a better future for you and your future family but degrading those who may not be at the level you want is foul degrading those who champion those unfortunate to get them to a place better than they can imagine is foul the disparages between the treatment of sexes still has a gap that seems to never want to close. When we get closer in one area, we seem to devolve further and further in another. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I reiter- I reiterate this because I said it on the last pod, but we as a people have to do better. Like, legit, this shit is sickening. And what's worse is that not only does it seem like we're getting worse as human beings, but the enjoyment of being a piece of shit is being taught and encouraged. Mm-hmm. It doesn't take much to not be a terrible person. It doesn't cost you anything to be kind, whether it's a kind word or gesture. Let's return back to being a decent human being. That's all I got. Man. And there's people out there that are like, uh, you know, well, that's how I am. Take it or leave it. If you can't vote, it's like, oh, that means that you're a toxic person. You're part of a problem. And I'm definitely no, going to leave it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can hear Sammy. Man. Um, I haven't, uh, I have to tap in. Shout out to our man, our homie TS. Um, I have to tap in with him because I haven't really uh, had any too many fucked up stories a week. I thought I had one, but I'm like, nah. That was, I was, it was gonna be a rapper dying. And I'm like, wait a minute, that was Coolio. He died. <laughs> he died. Damn, almost a month or what? Two and a half, almost three weeks ago now. Hagrid's dead. Hey, yeah, Hagrid's dead from <laughs> Harry Potter. R.I.P. That man. Um, I thought it was the same. Coltrane. Right. <laughs> She's saying the Coltrane. Not the Her yeah. booty was bigger than a Mercedes Benz. But as Mickey Evelyn. <laughs> for a random uh, fun fact of the week, the bee hummingbird weighs less than a penny. And oh, there wow. you have it. Yeah, there you have it. This has been a <laughs> this has been episode Siggy Siggy eighteen and shit, eight Siggy team something like that. <laughs> One eight Siggy team. Uh, eight Diggy, which is Reverend Son. Right. <laughs> <laughs> of not politically correct, man. We've been do- we've done this 118 times, which is crazy because we just re- for those of you who don't know, uh, this past week was our it's really 117. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> really 110, but yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, this is our what four year anniversary. This past week, we've been doing this for four years. Yeah. 
Uh, we did take a little, take a little five month hiatus or whatever, but fuck all that. May, June, July, sabbatical. Right. Yeah, you know, some <laughs> niggas needed to regroup, but um, we've been doing this uh for four years now, and I just want to say before we let this episode go, um, that it is good, just like episodes like today, um, what this we've said this before. If you are a fan, you've heard us talk about this before, but um, this is a brotherhood um for us, and um, the fact that any of you are still listening to us makes me happy because really what this is is and no offense to you guys this is for us <laughs> this is where we are doing this this is a conversation that is necessary for us to have to just you know make sure that we continue to foster that brotherhood and stay connected with one another and have a you know a time to tap in and i'm hoping yeah. that anything that we do here helps you guys um i'm hoping that you feel like family like you can tap in with us um yeah yeah you can reach st- out reach yeah, out for sure i know we jo- i joke a lot and I don't mean to end on a serious note, but I joke a lot in the beginning about you guys leaving messages or like tapping in on the group and shit. But the truth is, um, if you really fuck with this podcast in any way, shape, or form, if it makes you think, if it gets you gets under your, you know, gets you hot under the collar at times, whatever the fuck, um, I'm, I'm glad. Give us money. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad that we can send it to our cash app. We yeah. have a cash app at uh, uh, yeah, for real, for real, we do. Uh, <laughs> you remember, everything. You remember the whole. You remember the Except whole for cash app actually. <laughs> Oh man, but yeah, we just uh, we do this for us. But I hope that what we do here and the therapy that we kind of give to each other, even though it's kind of layered in jokes, um, it's good for y'all. I hope that you guys get something from that, man. So again, this is your boy McCoy, aka Mister What It Do, aka Young Splash God, aka a bunch of other shit. No, 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 just a bunch of other shit. Just a bunch of other shit, because I'm going to get that right one day for y'all. But next episode, I promise we're going to come back with all the shit wrote down. I'm going to start reciting that shit again. But A bunch of other shit, Ali. Right, exactly. <laughs> a bunch of other shit, Ali. Um, you know where to find me. Cody? Otherwise known as Jaden. Oh, okay. What? <laughs> Free smack. Cody. This nigga walking around looking like Prince of Persia. For real. <laughs> <laughs> Is that Nas? Not Princess of Persia. No, <laughs> don't even, don't even start. City recording and everything. <laughs> oh, and oh, and that's Russell too. But <laughs> on that note, gang.